Welcome to the Elliott Confidential Podcast. I'm Christopher Elliott here with Aiden Elliott and Aaron Elliott. And we just got back from an amazing adventure in Norway. Very adventurous. We went on the Hurtigruten, which is a transport ship that you can stay on and not only like experience true uh, Norwegian culture adventure, but also have a very comfortable vacation there because they have nice rooms and good stops and beautiful scenery along the way. It was a great experience. Uh, I want to defer to our linguistics expert here because it's, it's pronounced Hurtigruten, right, Aaron? So yeah. the G is silent. Hurtigruten. Hurtigruten. Oh, okay, well, I just call it Hurtigruten. Yeah, I know, and that's okay because we're American. They can yeah. get away with that. We flew from London to Oslo, and then from Oslo to a town called Kirkenes, Norway. Very far north. And uh, before we tell you what happened in Kirkenes, let's talk about this week's question, because we had so many awesome responses to last week's question. I'm sure we'll have more this week. Uh, we'll read your responses at the end, but right now, this week's question is, tell us about the most adventurous cruise that you've ever had. We're going to be talking about adventurous cruises. Mm -hmm. So we get off the plane in Kirkenes after flying for about five hours from London plus the stopover. And what do we see there north of the Arctic Circle? See, I said the Arctic Circle. I'm starting to speak a little bit of Norwegian. Well, we saw the sun, that's for sure. It, the sun never set. Never set. 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 The Sets. sun never set. No, sun never sets. It never sets. Yes, we're we're forgetting English. We're in Norway <laughs> Speaking for Speaking Norwegian, right? Yes. Um, it doesn't set because we're so far north. We I have we have actually never been north of the Arctic Circle. Yep. So it was uh, crazy and amazing. The sun is always out. For those who hate nighttime, who are scared of the dark, uh, yes. you'll love it up in on top of the Arctic Circle for how long? Four weeks out of the year. And. Yeah, right. And it, but it was still summer, but it was pretty cold. I would say it was in the 50s, maybe 40s. And, um, and Aaron, what were your impressions of Kirkenes? Kirkenes, it's a lot like any other town really in the Arctic. They all have a very similar style. But this one is, of course, Norwegian. But yeah, basically, it, was, it felt very Arctic. It, it did. felt very, very Arctic. And it was close to, we were probably four kilometers from the Finnish border? Oh, we were even close. No, no, it was the Russian border. We're very far from the Finnish border. Um, well, we were closer to the, the Finnish border, very far from the Swedish border, and very close to the Russian border. We yeah. were about four kilometers away from Russia. Yeah, and the closest major town is Murmansk, Russia. So you saw signs in Cyrillic when you were there, mm -hmm. because I guess the Russians go shopping in Kirkenes to buy their uh, EU-approved goods. Who knows? But every, yeah. And we saw some Russian license plates too. Anyway, so we get on this uh, ship and what's the ship like? What, what were your, your impressions of, we were on a ship called the MS Polarsis. Polarlis. Polar, Polaris. So we get on the Polarlis and it's not a typical cruise ship. Aiden, you're expecting the Disney cruise ship that we were on a while back. I got spoiled by those. Yes, but that's not what we found. No, no, what we found was, um, a medium-sized boat, I would say. Well, it's a small ship cruise. It's a yeah. small ship cruise. It's on the lower end, but we've actually been on smaller cruises than this, which is why I say it's medium, but really it is on the smaller end. And it's about 
seven levels as opposed to like you can get 20, 30 levels oh, yeah. on, on the big that ships. That NCL ship we were on was huge. The, NCL? Yeah, but that was the, uh, the ship that we were on in, in Italy a while oh, back. Oh, yeah. yeah. the Italy, that's the Nickelodeon cruise. Right, exactly. Um, but when you go on those cruises, you're looking for something a lot different than what you're looking for on these smaller boat cruises. I think a lot of people actually, when they go on these smaller cruises, they want to be able to feel the water. And you definitely can. You feel the water. You feel sure, the waves. Yeah. Um, when you're walking around on the boat, it takes maybe like 48 hours to get used to it, uh, but you definitely feel the water. Whereas on those huge NCL ships, people, you know, people want to have a spa vacation. Yeah. They want to just go to like all the huge ports. Whereas on this boat, um, the places you stop at are actually quite rugged. Uh, most of the getaways that you do on the boat, the short are, excursions, yeah. yeah, the excursions, the their hikes or speed boats. Uh, some are sightseeing. So basically, the, they they know their audience and they know yeah. uh, that they prefer these sorts of excursions as opposed to oh, let's do a gelato tasting tour. Yeah, well, in there's Italy. no no gelato tasting. No, there's tour, not. Uh, there's none of that. This one, yeah. Uh, the uh, Polarlis is actually a supply ship, and the Hurtyruten is is a is a route that goes from Kirkenes all the way down to Bergen, Norway. Mm -hmm. It takes five days to get from Kirkenes to Bergen, and that ship runs constantly. It's running uh, year round, and it runs up and down. Up and down, yes. So you can take the ship from Bergen to Kirkenes, or from Kirkenes to Bergen or at any one of the stops in any direction. And it's a little bit like, and I don't want to say this in a demeaning way, but it's a little bit like a bus in that it's very, it's regular service and you see people getting on and off and going from port to port. Yeah, there are some people that get on the boat that don't uh, get a room because they're just going from one port right. to the next. And so you have, uh, really there was one main area where people would eat. I don't want to call it a mess hall. It was a restaurant. There was a lot of... Uh, there were, were buffet-style breakfasts and sometimes lunches. Then there was sit-down for dinner. And they did have a fine dining restaurant, too. But really, only one or two public areas where people would, would uh, hang out and just watch these beautiful fjords yeah. and the scenery, which was absolutely stunning. We'll have to post some pictures of that. Oh, I should also mention that it's, this isn't just for adventure travelers. It's actually a lot uh, for... Uh, photographers yeah oh yeah because i would say that half the people on the boat uh this is probably a lot larger per capita than anywhere else had professional photography equipment and were constantly glued to the exterior of the boat yeah it, it was that observation deck was people would stake out um seats on that observation deck just so that they could you know, sit there during the day and, and watch the waves. And every couple of minutes in the observation deck, you would see somebody jut up and immediately run out to the exterior. And the reason why is because they just found a shot and they don't want to miss it before the ship passes by. I found myself doing that too because I was taking a lot of photography uh, on yeah, the Yeah, you, you had the good camera, right? Yeah. Now, Aaron, what were your impressions of um, the that first half of the cruise when we were north of the polar circle? Um, yeah, the Arctic Circle. Arctic Circle. Arctic Circle. Right. What did you think? Well, I thought it was difficult to sleep, of course. Uh, thank God they had some blinds to help people in their room fall asleep. But I thought that going at all of these ports north of the Arctic Circle was very interesting. You got to see a lot of places that 
really are isolated. The, really the only way that you're able to get to these places is by the Polarlus, the Hurtirutin, which is, just means the express route. And yeah, historically it's been that way. So all of these isolated towns that typically didn't have a lot of uh, access to mainland Norway and infrastructure have access because of this express route. So this route is not just run by these cruise boats. It is actually a route for trade. It's for boats that have goods. It's basically how people get their stuff um, and how people travel. It's yeah. one of the easier ways of traveling. And so when, in 1906, when they started the Hurtirutin, it was because they had discovered like iron in Hirkenes. And so my impression was, you know, these were small towns, but they were very charming. It was cold, of course, but otherwise places that you would never, ever be able to see unless you decided to take the boat. Because otherwise, you know, the road trip would just be so long. At one point, we did look up what the road trip would be like from where we were all the way down to Oslo, and it was a 24-hour road trip. It was 24 hours, yes. You know, that's because uh, we were, it was Hirkenes to Oslo, and they do have good, uh, they have a lot of infrastructure in the interior. They have good infrastructure generally in Norway. Yeah. But nonetheless, this was one of the more effective ways, especially considering that oil prices in Norway are quite high. Um, yeah, if you want to uh, fuel up, you, you'll spend a lot of money. Everything is much more expensive in Norway than anywhere else. We thought London was expensive and Norway has got them beat. Yeah. You know, for everything. Yeah. Yep. And it, they they uh, they kind of uh, confuse you with the exchange rate because there are so many, uh, what is it, Norwegian kroner? Yeah, they don't use the euro, they use Norwegian kroner. I know, and the kroner is a lot smaller than the US dollar. It's, so you think to yourself, oh, that means it's cheaper. No, it's quite the opposite. It's not. You are going into grocery stores and because you have a thing, you like to test new drinks. Yeah. And you would go in, you would spend five, six dollars on a soda. Two, two drinks, yeah. five dollars. Feels a lot, that's a it lot. Is. That's uh, yeah. restaurant prices. That is, yeah. that is, that is. Yeah, yeah well, we should have recorded those two because actually uh, if you go to Norway, they have some pretty interesting beverages that you can only find there. Well, I saw a video you made. Oh, no way, we did record it. We did record it. Yes, you did. Yes, we did. I forgot. We, we recorded it in one of the towns. There was another town that we went to that we bought some uh, interesting drinks. There was like a Pink Panther beverage, and we did not record that. We should have. You didn't even share that with me. No. No, um, I, no I did. You refused. You were like, no, I don't want it. I, I, did, I left some for you. Oh, okay. All right. I don't remember that. Um, the Norwegians are very friendly. I remember one time we had a very short... Um, stop in in the town and we saw this church and we wanted to go visit it and it, we ran to the church and the pastor was standing out front and he said come on in in you know kind of broken english and then he he gave us a tour of the entire church and explained that it had been destroyed during the war and then they rebuilt it in 1950 and uh, he and he was trying to go through explaining all the symbolism of everything on the walls and we were going we're gonna miss our boat. He goes, oh no, don't worry. They're not gonna leave without you. And then when we were done, we ran back to the boat and we were the, I think the last people back on, uh, on the uh, 
Polaris. Oh, is this is this the very tall church? Yes. In that one town. We were in there when you, you were, were filming. Yeah, I yes. um. Oh man, I feel bad now because that was like an ominous looking church. It, it, it was a little bit scary looking, and the the pastor was just a nice guy. He was oh such my a nice god. Guy. Oh man, I feel bad. Yeah. I can give you the name of the town. It was called Vardo. Vardo. Sorry. Yes. Vardo. It has a very unmistakable church. So as you go down south, though, that's when you start getting into the fjords. And that's where the scenery starts to get really, really interesting. Because I think north of the polar circle, I keep calling it the polar circle, the Arctic circle, um, they, it's because the Germans call it the Polarkreis. Uh, the scenery isn't really that great. It's kind of like flat and, you know, you have some mountains sticking out. But once you get into the fjords, that's when it starts getting real. It reminds me a lot of South Africa, the, the way that the mountains jut out of the ground at an angle and uh, kind of the general look of the, the rocks there. Yeah, as I was saying to another family member, um, it's like, you know, all those movies that you see with the crazy scenery and you go, oh, that's CGI. It's not CGI, it's Norway and it's real. Those mountains on both sides of the water, you know, where they kind of like just stick up or go really high, uh, they're real and they're just amazing. It's, um, I, I was just, I was at a loss for words to describe how beautiful it was. I took pictures. They were very beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I think those fjords were really nice. But I have to say, don't diss, you know, north of the Arctic Circle, especially in the western parts of the, uh, of Norway, because there were fjords there. We didn't go into any of them, but there were some very beautiful towns that had glaciers, for example. I believe there was one, and... There was just, it was a really amazingly beautiful city. You got to see the glacier on the mountain and there was a little town. It was, it was a good sized town and it was just so beautiful. So don't, you know, don't knock it. Who should do a Hurtigruten cruise? Who is the ideal person for a cruise like this? Well, for me, I think that the person that's going to make the most out of this is probably a photographer, someone who likes adventure, um, but is not wanting like way too much time in a, in a port because you really only get about one to two hours in any major yeah. port. And so you're not going to get a lot. These yeah. guys don't waste any time. They just blow right yeah. through. That's true. Uh, you, if you don't like the cold, uh, I would not recommend this. You, uh, you're, it's gonna get cold, it's gonna get rainy, it'll get foggy but the rewards are incredible. You will see things that you have never seen before. You'll see things that you did not think were possible. Like some of these mountain ranges, I still can't comprehend that these things actually exist outside the imagination of an artist, but there they are. It's amazing. Um, we were on that cruise with a lot of people from Germany, a lot of retired people from Germany we didn't really take a lot of uh, shore excursions. They just sat there and watched the scenery, which is totally fine. But my recommendation would be if you go, take one or two of the shore excursions and uh, get out there and do some hiking. We were lucky enough to be able to go do some hiking and look around. But um, this is not the kind of cruise that you just want to stay on the ship for. The cabins are small. They're not it's not meant to be a luxury cruise. It's meant to be a supply ship. Um, the food is absolutely fine, but it's not, you know, uh, 
what's the guy chef uh gordon ramsay it's not gordon ramsay <laughs> it's not, well no i'm thinking of um the uh uh, the Disney cruise ship, that the five-star restaurant on the Disney cruise ship. Well, it's it's uh, also not the Swedish chef. So. It's also it's not, not the Swedish chef. It's no. not Chef Boyardee, that's for sure. It is not Chef Boyardee, no. What's Boyardee? Boyardee. Boyardee, Boyardee, yes. Okay, well, Famous chef from the 1920s. Whoever says gosh. Boyardee is like Boyardee. made stuff. Boyardee. That man, Chef Boyardee is rolling in his grave right now because everyone thinks his food is terrible because of the canned stuff yeah. from Fresh Boyardee, Chef Boyardee brand. The food was fine. I think people don't go on this cruise for the food or for the amenities. There's no um, spa on board or anything like that. They don't have a movie theater. It's very spare, very minimal, very Scandinavian. But it is just being able to see these beautiful fjords is makes it worth it. But hey, you can see those fjords and you can be in a jacuzzi. I was on the same floor as a jacuzzi. They did no have, joke. They have two hot tubs, it's true. Yeah. And so, really, it's a, don't take it too seriously. Yeah, there's no spa, but, like, who uses the spa anyway? On a cruise ship, it depends what the cruise is. I heard something really interesting the other day, that most cruise passengers only eat one meal a day. They start with breakfast, and then they keep eating until they go to bed. That's supposed to be funny. They didn't get that one. I'm... They just keep eating. Get it? They keep eating. Uh, that's kind of disgusting. Yeah, that's true, though. You know, I know how that is. I, While I was on that boat, I think I've eaten more than I ever have in my life. Yeah, I think I ate too much. It too was much. the opposite for me. I ate one meal a day. <laughs> yeah, see? We kept eating and eating, right? No, no. This, But this time, I'm being serious. I ate lunch, and that was it. I didn't eat breakfast. I didn't eat dinner. I just ate lunch. Yeah, but we should say that you have a very weird schedule. Where you get up at one o'clock in the afternoon. No, I, I could I could go there for another two meals because they close at mid they close at nine thirty, so I could have still done it. It's just yeah, I'm very you picky. Didn't, you didn't want to sit down alone to dinner and then have to speak German to someone. I'm very picky. Your, your German is limited. So final impressions. Would you recommend this cruise to anyone, Aiden? I would recommend it to. I have a lot of photographer friends who. Uh, take pictures of uh, right now just green grassy hills because that's all they have around them and uh, they'd like to take pictures of a lot of other sorts of landscapes oh they also take they also take pictures of, of people too I would tell them hey if you want to get started on you know other types of landscape you're going to be going around the fjords and you're you're not going to know uh, what angle to take the picture at because there's so many angles you could take it at and you're, you're going to take way too many pictures but also at the end of the day you're going to get a lot of good material so definitely Photographer friends, I would recommend this too. How about you, Aaron? I agree with Hayden, but I also think if you're looking for just an opportunity to be one with the waves, and, and maybe... there were a lot of waves too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I still feel looking it. Looking for an opportunity to be one with the waves and see some places that you'll probably never be able to see, uh, you know, just by chance. I think that the Hurdy Rutten is it's a great option. I think if you like solitude, you you just like to maybe um, stare out at the water and um, just think this is a good opportunity to do that. Um, I wouldn't say it's a social distancing cruise, and it's definitely not a weight loss cruise. <laughs> but they have weight loss cruises? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't, I've that, never that heard doesn't of a, that doesn't exist. A weight loss cruise, <laughs> but it is the kind of cruise where you can go and you can do a lot of thinking. You know. 
there's many hours between ports and if you just want to have some time alone just to stare out at the water it's this is a good cruise they actually have health and fitness weight loss cruises <laughs> oh okay. my god wow yeah. look at that i'm sorry i'm just doing research. the kitchen well, probably is not very busy on the uh, weight loss cruise no. right? yeah the, 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 they might as well call it a fasting cruise maybe maybe it's more of a uh, health and less of a weight loss cruise they, just this is the title i went on a weight loss cruise and here's what happened 2017 oh. i guess they exist there you go most people go on and over, you know, they, they say about cruising, it's for the newlywed, overfed, overfed and, and nearly, nearly dead. dead right? And definitely with this cruise, it was mostly the nearly dead. We did have some elderly people on lots, this cruise. Yes. Lots, lots, We had a lot of great comments about last week's podcast, which was about urban walks. Before I get to those, let me repeat this week's question, which is, what's the most adventurous cruise you've ever had? So, you had a lot to say about urban walks. Stan says his favorite walk was through all the magnificent structures at Machu Picchu. He says seeing is believing. And believe me, Stan, after being in Norway, I would say the same thing about Norway. Seeing is believing. Jerry talks about the long walk in front of Windsor Castle. She says it was uh, one of my bucket list items and I took the walk on a beautiful May day in 2016. Joyce says uh, her favorite urban walk was a grand circle through Reykjavik, Iceland. And uh, really a great, actually, you have to read this comment because it's got some excellent recommendations for things to do in Reykjavik. So Joyce, thank you for all that information. Uh, Laurel, who is also a guidebook author, says that she loves doing urban hiking um, in Paris, Rome, and Venice. And then she wanted to know if we had been to Richmond Park outside of London. We have not. We'll have to go back and try that. Her favorite is not urban, but it's in Italy's Dolomites. We've been to the Dolomites, guys. Yes. And it is really amazing. The Dolomites are some of the strangest shaped mountains that I've ever seen. Uh, and Tim says he likes historic European cities. Uh, Munich, Athens, and Jerusalem. We might be in Jerusalem soon. Wouldn't that be cool? And uh, we have so many more. We had like 17, 18 comments um, from Valerie, Mickey, Elena. Thank you all so much for your great comments. Please keep them coming. Uh, I know that you've all been on cruises, so tell us about the most adventurous cruise that you've ever had. Comments are open. We're off to Croatia. In fact, we are, uh, we're delayed by a day because we had to fly. And so we are now in split Croatia, which is like going from the middle of late fall to the middle of Adriatic blazing hot summer. It's like 80 degrees here. And I can't wait to tell you guys about it. It's going to be so much fun. We will have a full report on the good, the bad and the ugly. And believe me, there is some bad and ugly that we've already found here. So it's going to be an interesting one. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to tell you about it. <laughs> I just can't wait. All right, guys. Thank you so much for being with us on this podcast, Elliot Confidential. We will see you again next week. See ya.